Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! Hello, this is the Fun Kids Bookworms podcast where you get to find out about the best books from the people who write them. I'm Bex and this week you're going to hear quite a lot of things. We have an amazing recording from the Bookworms live event in August with Jack Meggett Phillips. We'll be chatting to legend Jacqueline Wilson and I have a reading from the Black Girl Magic book, the newest book in the Rebel Girls series. So it's quite a big and busy book podcast for you today. Let's kick it off with that chat I had at Bookworms Live with Jack Meggett Phillips. We have right now uh, Jack Meggett Phillips. Everybody give a round of applause. Hello, everyone. Hey, thanks so much for taking a seat. Oh, Hi. Hiya. Uh, now, I finished reading a book yesterday and I loved every second of it. Oh, that's very kind of you. Oh, thank you. Well, glad and you interview it. done. Yes. I'll be going, thanks. <laughs> Good. Uh, so can you tell our lovely audience a bit about it? Okay, so the book is called The Beast and the Bethany um, and the three main characters are a young 500-year-old, a carnivorous beast and a child who's unfortunately going to be eaten. Uh, and basically the main character is this man named Ebenezer Tweezer who um, keeps this beast in the attic of his mansion who he feeds all manner of things, everything from uh, the crown jewels to his pet cat. And in return, uh, the beast vomits out presents for Ebenezer and potions which keep him young and beautiful. And uh, the book sort of begins with the beast demanding to eat the worst child in the world. You all look far too well paid for that, so that's good. <laughs> um, and yes, that's where Bethany comes in. So yeah, Bethany is someone that Ebenezer meets and thinks, oh, I'll bring her back and I'll feed her to the beast. Yeah. But then, of course, they start to actually become friends a little bit. I know. I, I, I don't know why that happened, because Bethany, you know, she's the worst behaved child in the world. Her idea of a good afternoon would be picking some worms off the ground and shoving them up people's nostrils. And yet, for some reason, Ebenezer thinks, oh, you know what, I'll make friends with you. Uh, well, basically, they're, they're two very lonely people. And the whole book's about their friendship and how the friendship, uh, try not to vomit, uh, makes them slightly better people. (laughs) (laughs) It's also, um, I'm not a massive horror fan, but it also reminded me in a really great way of Little Shop of Horrors and that kind of stuff. And because you've got the beast in there who's Mm. kind of eating things and stuff, was that an inspiration for you? You know what, I, I, it sounds like a complete rock, rip-off of the uh, rock show, <laughs> Little Shop of Horrors, but I haven't, I haven't actually seen it, but uh, I, oh. I'm, a, I'm a big musical fan, so uh, in order to psych myself up today, I was listening to lots of um, Disney soundtracks and TV. Okay. So, so yeah, so, musicals generally inspired me, but uh, <laughs> not that one. Uh, so did, did Bethany, was she inspired by anybody you know? Or was the Beast inspired by anybody you know? Uh, fortunately, the Beast, I haven't met anything like yet, so that's good. Uh, Bethany is probably a combination of all the very worst paved children that I've met. So I've taken a mixture of all the most unpleasant ones. Normally children, lovely, delightful, like you all. But uh, all the, all, you, you know those people in school, or you know, you know some really bad paved child, that's, that's where Bethany comes from. There's nobody in the audience you think the beast would like to eat? Anyone you fancy? Anyone? Well, it's, it's got some on a few, but maybe it'll save them for pudding later. I mean, Mum was pointing at her daughter down here. I mean, that, I mean, that is 
do, do you want me to get the mother eating? Yeah, because, be yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, it's good to know that's a fun family down there. All right, we'll, we'll, we'll come back to that later. Uh, is, it, is it difficult to write a book that's kind of a bit creepy for kids, or did you love it and did you just go straight into it? I, I loved it. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I like creepy things. Um, that sounds dodgy, but no, it's, it's um, yeah, I, I, my idea, the sort of books I loved reading were, you know, like Matilda or the Lemony Snicket books, anything which feels a bit too. Uh, dark and mischievous for children. That, that's what I loved reading and what I sort of loved writing now. And what was your favourite thing that the beast vomited out? Ooh, Ooh good question. Um, well, I'm just writing the second one now, and there are a few things of the beast vomiting out which I think, oh, I'd quite like those. So it's vomited out some um, slippers which can massage your feet at the same time. Oh, lovely. Probably. Uh, a self-making hot chocolate maker and uh, a waistcoat which um, makes you feel good about yourself whenever you wear it. So, yeah. A a a any of those things I would love. So if anyone's got them. Definitely yeah. on that waistcoat. Yeah, no, it's great, yes. You can, you can have it on. <laughs> uh, so I really genuinely did love this book. Oh, and am I right in thinking you've got a sequel as well? I do. So um, the sequel is called The Revenge of the Beast and it's out at the end of September. Uh, yeah. And in it, I don't want to spoil it too much, but we, we uh, there's a character that you meet near the end of the book that I assume is in the rest of the second book. Yes, yes. When you get to the end of the book, you think, oh, there's a character here. I think, oh, yes, yes. So, uh, yeah, basically the second book's a lot more, it goes back right to the beginning when Ebenezer and the Beast meet for the first time. And then we also see um, Ebenezer and Bethany's friendship. Spoiled, but yeah, uh, continue. Just read, read the book, yes, you'll find yeah. out more. Uh, now, am I right in thinking you have a special reading class? I do, yes. All right. I brought my own parrot with me. So. This is very, very exciting. So, uh, this is the first chapter of The Beast and the Bethany, where something very, very wrong takes place. Ebenezer Tweezer was a terrible man with a wonderful life. And at the time when this story begins, he was about to do an especially terrible thing. All Ebenezer did at first was buy a Wintelorian purple-breasted parrot. When he got home, the parrot woke up with a large yawn. <laughs> Good morning, said the parrot, in a distinctly unparroty voice. It's late afternoon, said Ebenezer. Whoopsie, popsie, well, good late afternoon. My name is Patrick, and mine is Mr. Tweezer. Welcome to your new home. Ooh, gosh! Now, the woo and the gosh were both the right sorts of words to say, because Ebenezer's house was nothing short of extraordinary. It was 15 stories tall and 12 elephants wide. Can I come out of my cage now? Not yet, said Ebenezer. There's someone I want you to meet first. Well, um, something might perhaps be a better description. Ebenezer climbed the stairs whilst Patrick took in all the beautiful things around him. Try not to be scared, said Ebenezer. It won't like you if you are scared. Ebenezer pushed down the handle of the rickety old door at the top of the stairs. It opened with a creak. The room was not like the rest of the house at all. It was damp and smelled strongly of boiled cabbage. The room was bare, save for a set of red velvet curtains. Ebenezer opened these curtains and revealed the beast. The beast was a big blob of grey with three black eyes, two black tongues and a large dribbling mouth. Said Patrick. Uh, my name is Patrick. 
It's late afternoon. The beast's voice was soft and slithery, like a snake made of feathers. I want you to sing. What would you like me to sing? Sing a song about me. Patrick paused a moment, then he began to sing. Uh, the beast has the finest house in the land. It's so tall and long and terribly grand. Even the queen with her palace so wide cannot compete with where the beast resides. Patrick said he would be able to say, sing something a little longer once he got to know the beast better. The beast smiled, and that smile was wet with dribble. That was beautiful. Tell me, are there many little birdies like you? Oh, gosh, no. There are only 20 of us left in the whole world. How many beasts like you are there? I'm the only one, the last survivor. It's good that you're rare. I like rare things. Come a little closer so that I can see you better, birdie. Ebenezer picked up the cage and brought Patrick closer to the beast's three black blinking eyes. Closer! Ebenezer dragged the cage that was right in front of the beast's stinking, dribbling mouse. Can you see me now? asked Patrick, a little nervously. Oh, oh, I could see you fine the whole time. The beast licked its dribbling mouth with its two black tongues. Then, then why did you need me to come closer? I am afraid to say that this was the last question that poor Patrick ever <laughs> asked. Yeah. Hello everyone. I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading! Just going to say, by the way, uh, Jack Meggett Phillips, genuinely, that book blew my mind. I read it and really, really did love it. It's uh, normally, I wouldn't say I'm a fan of kind of horror books or scary books, but that was just so perfectly pitched. I thought it was brilliant. And now moving on, I did promise you a chat with Jacqueline Wilson, didn't I? She's got a brand new book out, a reimagining of the railway children. So let's find out a bit more about it. And hi, Jacqueline. How are you? Hi, I'm absolutely fine. Thank you. The sun is shining and I'm feeling very happy. I haven't actually been outside today because I have been reading your book and I've absolutely loved it. No regrets at all. Uh, your brand new book, The Primrose Railway Children, is is an epic adventure. Oh, my goodness. Is it your longest book yet? It seems to be very long. Um, I didn't realise it was so long when I was writing it, but when I came to to go through it all and change bits and pieces, I thought, good Lord, this is going on forever and ever and ever. But uh, hopefully um, it's got a lot in it. So um, I hope it doesn't drag too much. Oh, it absolutely doesn't. I loved every second. It was so great because I um, have never read or seen The Railway Children before. So every page for me was a real surprise. I didn't know what was coming. Um, so I guess we should let you explain explain uh, this is a kind of reimagining of the original Railway Children book. 
That's right. The Railway Children was written by a woman called Edith Nesbitt in Edwardian times at the beginning of the 20th century. And I loved it as a child. And it was made into a very special film, uh, which heaps and heaps of people watched and were in tears at the end of it. And um, it was it's just a most legendary story. Um, so I felt a bit cheeky reimagining it. The, the old story is that dad is mistakenly accused of something and sent to prison. Mum takes the children, the three children, um, Bobby, the eldest, then um, Peter, the middle boy, and then Phyllis, the youngest girl takes them to the countryside because money has run out um, and they have all sorts of adventures um, on the railway, which is near the new cottage. And I rather wanted to do my own version, partly because I wanted people to go back to the actual original story, because I I know now that not a lot of people have read it or even seen the film. And so I thought, okay, how could I do it to make it my book? I didn't think Edith Nesbitt would mind too much because she herself borrowed ideas from people. I think if, if she's floating around in space anywhere, I think she would have <laughs> a laugh at me. And she happened to wear lots and lots of silver bangles. So I thought we could both jangle our bangles together at each other. <laughs> so, so in my story, which is a very modern story, and the children are now called Bex, short for Rebecca, mm -hmm. and Perry, that's the boy. And the story is told by the youngest child, and I've called her Phoebe. So they still the same initials yeah and it's the same situation dad has disappeared mysteriously and um he is actually in prison mum um takes the children away to a very dilapidated cottage in the country which they get for hardly any money because it's an airbnb and nobody wants to go and stay there <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and um and they live near a railway station but i thought we can't have children nowadays playing about on railway platforms or walking along the tracks because it's way too dangerous. So this is a vintage steam railway station, which there just happens to be one quite near where I live in Sussex. Right. And I thought everybody is quite interested in, in old engines and um, uh, you can have fun with this. And so I do have the children have adventures there, but it's kind of my sort of book in that all sorts of different things happen. And I don't have any magic elderly gentleman as there is in the first book who sorts everybody's problems. My kids have to sort things out for themselves. But there is a very happy ending. And um, I just... I just had so much pleasure in writing it and um, feeling that I was trying to show that even if your life seems to be over and it's all changed, there are all sorts of new and exciting things. Plus, if anybody is a guinea pig lover, this is the book for you. It is. Now, oh my goodness, so many things to ask you. Now, first of all, you say there's no magic kind of old man, but that's what I love about your books is that it's all realistic. And as a reader, you think this could be me. I could be that person and I could be the kind of hero of my own story. And it's quite nice to keep that realism in it, I think. Well, I certainly, uh, as a child, 
always used to think that way because mostly it was felt that if it's a children's book, you've got to um, make everything absolutely okay for children and not have them too worried or upset about anything. I think within reason you can do that as long as you have some some funny bits too and some gentle bits. And then I always try and make my stories have a happy ending, but a realistic happy yeah. ending. And um, and so in many ways, the, the Primrose Railway Children, my book, is very different from the original. But um, I do think that anybody who's really seriously into reading might enjoy reading one and then the other and sort of comparing them and seeing. I don't mind if people prefer Edith Nesbitt's <laughs> book because I love that too. But I do hope some people think, oh, the Primrose Railway Children. Yeah, that's my favourite. Now, there are loads of amazing books out at the moment, lots of brand new books to get your head into. Uh, Ashling Fowler has a brand new book out in the Fireborn series, so check that out if you love her work. There's also a new version of Pippi Longstocking, the classic, as illustrated by former children's laureate Lauren Child. Yeah, so Lauren has put her own spin on Pippi, and I've got to say, it looks pretty awesome and pretty beautiful. But my favourite book around at the moment is Change Sings. It's written by Amanda Gorman, who is a pretty big deal at the moment. She did a massive poem at the presidential inauguration earlier this year. And her newest book is a kind of picture book with lots of poems and poetry. And it's kind of inspiring you to remember that you can make a change in your community and in the world as well. So definitely check it out. It is beautiful. Uh, Now, before I let you go, we've got to have a little reading, haven't we? From the brand new Black Girl Magic book, I spoke to the guys who wrote it recently and who put it all together, and they gave me a very, very special reading. Nandy's father started teaching her how to play her new drums. She practiced every day, and soon enough, she was playing better than him. Nandy loved rock music and could copy the exact rhythm of all her favorite songs. Her parents saw how talented she was. They recorded her playing the drums and guitar and posted the clips on social media. The videos went viral. Brilliant stuff. That is pretty much it for today's Bookworms podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you've enjoyed it, of course, give us a five-star review wherever it is you're listening to this. Subscribe, like, follow, and I will see you very soon for more Bookworms goodness. Bye! Hello everyone, I'm Cressida Cowell, author of How to Train Your Dragon, and I'm just popping in to tell you about my new book series, Which Way to Anywhere. It's a story about four children who discover that there are alternative worlds beyond our own, and that they can travel to them with the help of a magical map and a very special gift. Of course, this leads to epic, unexpected adventures. Which Way to Anywhere and its sequel, Which Way Round the Galaxy, are both available to buy now. Happy reading!